back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week I'm joined by 40. First off the for first cap off the rank this week, boys. Yeah, I had to think about that one. <laughs> uh, yep, here live from uh, Darig Nation. I thought being Indigenous round, just uh, throw that one in there. What about mathematical land? Oh, I'm Darig at the moment, so... <laughs> yeah, I think I'm Darig if I'm out in the Hawkesbury. I think that's still part of Darig. And your host, Hamish. Um, Birdie, we don't know where he's 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 got to. The man, the myth, the legend. Uh, he was meant to show up, but he hasn't. So um, we expect that he's out heckling some Wests fans somewhere. Um, but if you see him, say hello. Uh, we'll start <laughs> off with the Raiders 26 to the Eels 18. Myself and Ham made the uh, trip down to the nation's capital, which was a bit of a dour affair. Um, so let's just run through those stats, which saw Jermaine Hopgood, Bailey Simonson, and Maker Sebo all going over. Gutho, two from three off the boot and a penalty goal. Uh, looking at the possession, Canberra had 55% of the ball. They had an extra five minutes in possession. They completed 83% to our 68%. Uh, they outgained us by only 100 metres. They only had an extra 100 post-contact metres. We had five line breaks to two. Six, uh, they had 24 tackle breaks to our 16. Average set distance was similar. Uh, kick return metres similar. Average play the ball speed, 3.2 seconds to our four seconds, uh, which was quite telling down on the field, I can tell you that much. Uh, kick defusal, 75% to 78%. Defence, we were effective tackle percentage at 90% apiece. We made three, an extra 70 tackles almost, missing 24 to their 16. Uh, 12 errors to their nine, 10 penalties to their three. We gave up nearly a second and played the ball speed and still got hammered in the penalties, 10 to three. That is crazy. Yeah, well, we'll get to the officiating, but um, Ham, let's start with... I'll leave that one to last. Okay, well, 40, 40 then. Let's start with... I oh, know, I was going to say leave the officiating to last because I don't want to get too rolled up too too quickly. Yeah, well, my initial impressions were just that second half, too much drop ball yeah. uh, off too many sets, but there were just some, yeah, we'll get to the officiating later. Um, but yeah, some of, the, some of the, the the more experienced players in the team, the ones you'd expect to be leaders, um, just not doing the fundamentals yeah. uh, like they should be. And I think that was really the difference in this game where, you know, every time we seem to hold the ball and get down there into the field, we put on points pretty easily or at least made an opportunity pretty simply. But the problem was is that we just kept dropping the ball out of our end or we just kept relieving them out of their own end with some dumb penalties or, um, you know, some cheap line breaks with some terrible ruck defence. And especially for that uh, Matt Tomoko try. Um, oh, sorry, it was a Sebastian Chris try. The the defence was just appalling. Tomoko made the line break, yeah. It was just appalling um, and just not good enough from some of the more experienced players in the team, especially when you're relying upon them to step up with the players we've lost over the off-season plus... Um, you know, some of the injuries we've copped this year, you've got less experienced players coming in. That's the time they need to stand up and they just haven't. It's not often that you can point the finger at one of Quinton Gufferson and Junior Barlow as being the worst on field, but let alone both of them. But it felt like that was the case this week. Uh, you talked about some of the senior players and some of the leaders not stepping up, Hamish, and I think that was in Bionica Vos too. Uh, Gaffo got picked apart by the Canberra kicking game. And uh, Junior, in a time where we need him to be standing up without Reg, it's uh, more often not being Woody. We're a move that's been the uh, the go forward guy rather than June's. So those two were pretty ordinary on the weekend, and that was very disappointing. There was one there from Junior. We were on attack. It would have been about third or fourth tackle. I can't really remember. But instead of lowering the shoulder and charging into the line, he goes for a pass and it just falls in between. He throws it and it lands at the ankles of our of Will, right? And, and Will gets done for knock on. Yeah, and it's just like, mate, like 
you don't have to throw the ball in that situation. There might be space out there, but the the, the great thing about Junior's abilities as a as a playmaker is the fact that he's so big and it takes three or four players to bring him down. If you don't do that at the start, where this uh, error happened, they're just gonna like this is where you need to establish that dominance. And then in your second stint, that's where you bring in the ball playing. That's where you bring in the offloading. First stint should be lower the shoulder, get into contact, like make sure they've got three or four players on you every single time. And, you know, and then it's just disappointing that, you know, someone that size is, is incapable. And it's crazy because Bryce Cartwright's doing everything we're asking Junior to do. He's, he's yeah. the one that's running hard and then setting up the offloads because he's running hard and setting up the ability to play before the line. And that's why Bryce has been so effective this year is that he has done the hard work to set up the fancy stuff. And Junior seems to be uh, sort of skirting the hard work right now and uh, electing to go to the ball movement first. And uh, <clears throat> this is a game that obviously, when we look back on it, is going to go right down into that what-if sort of column that the Eels are piling up games and results in right now. Uh, as, uh, as of the other losses this year, this ties a season, I say season worst, season worst margin of defeat of eight points. You know, eight points. On top of that, we had the three, four-point loss at the start of the season, eight-point losses against the Broncos and the Roosters. You know, these are all winnable games. And that, that was the case here in this game too. And the worst part is, is that going into halftime, and obviously there was that try scored in the back of a pretty dubious penalty uh, for a quote-unquote hip-drop tackle against Bowie Simonson. But going into halftime, we had the Raiders on the ropes because you look at what Jake Arthur was doing that right edge and, and what he was setting up to do in the second half all that interior work he was doing on the right edge using himself and uh, and uh, <clears throat> uh, Andrew Davey in the first half was going to reap dividends in the second half if we just got anywhere near an even split of possession. And instead, we came out in the second half in the third quarter and got zero ball. And the Raiders just ran away with the game at that point. Yeah, you're completely right, Forty. And, you know, letting in those points just before half time. Uh, was bad enough, but then two tries directly after halftime. I don't know what BA said to them at halftime, but never say anything like that again um, is all I can say because it had the opposite to the desired effect. Um, but yeah, what more can you say? Our tackle percentage was probably better than it has been most of the year, and you know we're creating chances by all those line breaks. It just seems to be all all our attacking metrics point to what point towards us being a, a top three or four team in the NRL. We are breaking the line, we're uh, making metres, uh, we're offloading at uh, incredibly efficient and effective rates across all NRL teams. What we're not doing, though, is converting that consistently into points, and uh, in particular, our line breaks uh, tell a damning story of uh, we're constantly out line-breaking our opposition teams, but uh, not converting into tries. Well, that's like, you talk about putting points on, we've scored the same amount of points as South Sydney, who are leading the competition, right? and you've got that much vaunted spine of the of the bunnies, like... Uh, Damien Cook, Walker, Luttrell, uh, and Elise on the right. We've got the same amount of points. It's not as if they've played one game less. They've played the same amount of games as us. It's just it's it's moments of concentration. It's losing the it's losing the moments. It's losing not going after collision. And I know it's boring. I know it's it's cliche, but that's what we're not doing at the moment. And the losing of the collision ham is it's become a real consistent theme this year. And, geez, you mentioned it, Hamish, at the start of that Sebastian-Chris try brought on by the Matthew Tomoko line break. But, geez, the Eels were soft in their collisions on uh, Saturday night. Uh, there was a Joseph Tapanay run in the first half where he sort of just sauntered into the line and ended up making 25 metres because we were just soft. And that was the case with the Matthew Tomoko line break that led to the Chris try. And, yeah, I, I don't know what's wrong because 
you look at our defensive structures and they're actually been okay. Like our edges are playing man-to-man more often than they have been in the past. So we're not giving up the big line breaks or, or the man advantages leading to line breaks on the fringes. But instead, we're just being really, really soft in contact and that's really concerning. And especially up the middle of the ruck and I don't mean to harp on it week after week, but I don't understand playing Josh Hodgson for almost 60 minutes. I, I really don't. Um, yeah, there's we not much more that could be said. Like at this point, you know, I, I'm look. I, I still think there is something. To call me the eternal optimist because I still think there is something after jo- in Josh Hodgson. But being 33 years old, coming off an ACL, the year coming off the ACL, it's just it's too much for him to be playing 50 plus minutes a week. It's interesting though because he was among our better defenders on the numbers this game. He had 38 tackles, two missed, two ineffective, which is uh, worth uh, over 90 percent effective tackle rate. And definitely uh, a far more advanced metric for him in that regard than he has been playing all year where he's been missing four or five tackles in a given contest. So, uh, And the thing I think with Hodgson, like a lot of people, like look at, I think it was I think it was the Raiders' first kick. Who was the one putting kick pressure on? Josh Hodgson. He was one that forced that error to get to have that kick go out on the full. Like I, I still think mentally he's able to bring stuff to the game, but at the moment physically is where we're losing, like, but then again, he's also leading the line. He's one of the. Why is a thirty-three-year-old hooker coming off an ACL leading the line in defence constantly while he's on the field? Like, it, it beggars belief to me that you know he's doing that and he's in and he's he's busted. But I, I do agree that his minutes should be cut down to thirty. We just, you know, I do enjoy, I do like Brendan Hands. I think he brings a spark in attack. But I, I, hopefully, it will come with time that he he starts leading the line in defence because. If honestly, if we didn't have Hodgson, who's lead, who's leading that line defensively? Not not many at the moment. No one. Yeah, and, and just on those little things that we're not doing well, the one thing that he does do well, and you touched on it, um, if not last week, a couple of weeks ago, Ham, is the kick pressure, and it led directly to a kick um, going out on the full. Um, and I just don't see much more kick pressure after that. And it was telling in that they uh, picked off two very easy forty twenties um, with. One, our wingers not able to get back, and I don't know why they weren't starting to drop back on the fourth tackle after the first one. Um, but then two, um, Gutho not being able to, to get across the field to, to cover it correctly, and it's not often you have uh, Gutherson out of position, but it's just those small one percenters, and in an off-season where we've lost a couple of good players, you know that margin for error gets smaller and smaller and smaller, um, and every error at the moment just seems to be compounding um, until it's giving us results like this where we're only losing by, you know, under double digits. Um, but it seems like there's just a gulf to make up between um, what it would take to, to win these games. Yeah, I, I think the first one was Sivo uh, being lazy. Like, that's just... But then Canberra have done that for years with Sivo. Kicked him behind, turned him around, and then got Rapina, I think it is, to chase hard. So that one... Uh, the second one, that was pin-perfect kick. He drilled that towards the sideline. I don't think any... I don't think any fullback or winger was going to get that one, to be honest. But yeah, oh, can we talk about Mike Acevo, please? Just so inconsistent <laughs> with his runs. Like, it's just... Uh, this week, there was some runs that were better, but uh, we're just we're still not getting enough from those two wingers. It's just... We, they need to be going 150 a week. And again, Hayes is coming off an ACL. That's not his fault. It's, it's the recruitment and retention's fault for not having... You know, well, they. I suppose you have Wanga Blake in front of him, but you know, we we played him at centre and we played Bailey Simonson on the wing. Like, we, but we need that. We need that fifteen carrier game winger. 
and we need someone that's going to be making 10, possibly even 12 metres per carry on those 15 runs. And, you know, that's that's where we lose. Like, that's another reason why we're losing these games is we start our sets off really... Like, it's absolutely shocking how we start off our sets. The only one I can think of where we started well was where Sivo dropped back and Gutho was able to use him as a as a runner and put him through a hole. That's only, like, other than that one, we're always starting on the back foot. And or, or when the ball comes to the other edge and Penasini takes the second run and he's yeah. <laughs> breaking the line out of that, you know, those back five, you can always count on Penasini to be hitting spaces and, and, and poking his nose through. He's just, you know, if, if, if you could pick a second New South Wales team, he'd be a shoe in for it because he's tough in defence. He makes his tackles. Uh, People, I, I think he's under his quickness is underrated. I think I think he's not the quickest center running around, obviously, but excel like ten to twenty meters. He's pretty quick. Um, rucks the ball out. Can use his set up his winger. Can run a line, and he's twenty one years old. Like he, he's got a, you know, you talk about experienced players stepping up and cap, captains. I know we were talking about in the group in the group chat before about captains. To me, Penasini is is a future captain of the club. I don't disagree. Um, okay, lastly, officiating. Um, diabolical. You know it's bad when Brad Arthur actually lashes out. Like, that's the the fact that he actually had a go in his post-match presser. Uh, and the big thing for me was he referenced the internal metrics that the clubs get, those compliance reports that tell clubs what they're doing right and what they're doing wrong in regards to the interpretations going through the NRL on a given season. And obviously the club has been told consistently that they're doing the right thing when it comes to their due diligence and meeting those KPIs from officiating. And yet when we get to the field, we're, as the most disciplined club, or one of the two most disciplined clubs, not just this year, but going back last year and the year before, uh, we're getting hammered 7-3, 10-3 in penalty counts. It's just, it's one of the, it's like the one where Jake Arthur was pulled up for an escort. You're always told you run to your spot and you stop. You can't change your line. At no point did Arthur change his line. And then he calls a penalty. Yeah, that was shocking. Uh, that, that, uh, that was also a bit on Gufferson too for the poor challenge momentary, like moments before that too, I suppose. Uh, but then again, having said that, if we challenge that knowing our luck, we probably still lose. Yeah, because I'd say, oh, Jake looks at the runner. Another one, I, I believe it led to the last Canberra try. I can't remember who dropped the ball, but um, from memory, because it's a while ago now, um, tackle was initially... It was labelled around the shoulders. I saw Grant Atkins touch his shoulder to deem shoulder high, and then they dropped. Canberra dropped the ball, and all of a sudden, it's high tackle. Like and just to settle two before Hayes Dunster been hit high and lost the ball off the Will Penasini line break, and which is one of the things that Brad Arthur referenced in the post match presser. Uh, but on top of that, you had the uh, the, Simonson, the dubious Bailey Simonson hip drop that led to the Canberra's first try. Yep. Oh, sorry, sorry. Can I can I just speak about that one? So we had the same referee and bunker official in the Broncos game who deemed uh, the Jermaine Hopgood hip drop, uh, which later was he charged? He was. Yes. He was yeah. charged with a fine. That's right. Uh, so they deemed that a sin binable offence, right? Ezra Mann again uh, deemed to be a sin bin and a uh, for a charge. He was charged one week. Payne Haas, the same people, that the same referees and bunker that deemed those two penalties and Simbins, he, but that one wasn't. And then so it's just like this is where we we obviously have a problem at the moment in the across the NRL 
inconsistency, game's too fast. What the NRL needs to do is throw resources at this and fix it. They need more they need more referees on the field. They need a match review committee member in the bunker for every match so that they can deem on the spot. I heard that uh, chat that you uh, 40 you guys had with uh, Michael Butner, uh, formerly of the MRC, and he was saying they don't the referees don't know the indicators for these charges. Well, get someone in there that does know the indicators for these charges. Make sure that it doesn't happen again. And then the Bailey Simonson one, he's not even, he doesn't forcefully do he's he's he, fall, he fell over effectively. The guy was running he's away from around. him. And yeah, he's got spun around trying to hold on to the guy running away from him and yeah, rolled across the back of the guy by accident. It's it's insane. And it's just, it's, it's not even big game defining officiating. It's little things. It's Canberra being able to peel away in tackles when they've got three in the tackle. As, as far as I'm concerned, you're not allowed to peel away. You all have to leave at the same time. Like that, that slows down. It's it's little things like that that are that generally go unnoticed unless you're really really watching it. And you know who should really really be watching it is the referee. And they they just either blatantly refuse to call it or they're missing out or they're missing it because they're looking at other things. And if that's the case, more referees they need to bring that back that pocket referee to make sure there's no peeling in tackles because it's. We we seem to be getting a dud deal this year with peeling off in tackles. Um, talking about a dud deal, the other one. Um, so Corey Horsburgh sent to the bin, but Canberra somehow getting a penalty. Um, I still cannot I understand that, that. I still cannot understand. Cannot fathom. Because like the referee hadn't blown his whistle before that to to initiate to um, signal a penalty. I don't believe he just called time off when the fracas happened. Well, he hadn't made a decision, so why can't he refer like in his mind just reverse it and go, Oh, well that's obviously the bigger the bigger um what would you call it? Infringement. Infraction. Yeah, infraction, infringement. Paramount to get the penalty. And then all of a sudden, like, because usually when you when you get a player's in bin, you're defending it, but Canberra get to attack with their player's in bin. Yep. It's insane. Yep, so what, I'm sorry, the... but what did but what did Madison do? Apparently, come in after the he, uh, uh, he called the whistle or something. Well, uh, when Will Penasini dropped the ball in the second half, uh, Josh Darling comes in late and throws him around, and you know, no penalty. Surprisingly, obviously, there was a bit of um, beef there with Horsburgh and Madison too that went into that situation. I don't think matter. It's like the whole uh, John Ham uh, madman thing. I don't think you would all sort of think from Brian, but Horsburgh has been bottling up those emotions from was it twenty twenty. Yeah, just a big sort. Yeah. Just, just every, big it reminds me of that Thanos mem. I don't think <laughs> you took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing, like I said it on Reddit at the time. The the big fella's obviously got some anger issues. If he's holding on to something that happened on the field three years ago, it wasn't even Ryan Madison's fault. It was uh Daniel Alvaro that come through with um pressure on his ankles and caused the injury. If he's holding on to that for three years, come on, mate, like Get over yourself, seriously. Um, all right, well, let's leave it there. Uh, another disappointing affair. After this South game, we have, what, a string of about seven winnable games. But we thought over the last couple of weeks we had uh, a fair few winnable games, very much we so the Titans and the Raiders. And the, Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders game. So. I mean, the, the, the data says that they were winnable games, though. You know, we, uh, yes. Yeah. So it just comes back to what I was trying to get as whilst things look pretty dour at the moment, um, I guess one thing we can take out of it is the last two games were road trips. I think in that next seven games, we've got four games at Combank, so we've got to be down there for those. Um, but uh, 
that's really going to define our season is the next seven or eight games because at the moment, what are we? We're four and seven. Um, presumably, we're going to be four and eight after the weekend. Um, and you know, you've got to you've got to make up within that seven game period. You'd need to win about six or seven of them if you want to be having a crack at the finals at the back end of the year. Yeah, I think um, if we do win, you know, say you do win six of the next eight, that puts you ten and eight. That's that's top eight. You only have to win two more games from... Oh, I don't know, with the 17th team, that's the only thing. But historically, you only have to win two more games from there. And if you win half your games, you're usually making the top eight there. So we really need to knuckle down in this period. And just, I don't care if we lose all the metrics. Just need the win. All right, Ham, you were down there for the other games, which started off with the flag. Uh, Eels winning that game 32-14. to Try scorers... Uh... Dick Penasini with a double, uh, Noel Reed, Jacob Davis, William Latu, and Ethan Sanders. So a couple of those SG ball boys are coming up and putting on a show. How did you like it? I love this team. They're seriously, they play the style of footy that's in, it's the in thing of first grade at the moment, and it's 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 how I like it. The the backs roll their sleeves up, they tuck it hard. It's like Richard Penasini for his first game back, I'd love to see his personal stats because I reckon he made a big line break at one point there where he caught someone offside, ran straight at him. But he would have been making 10, 15 metres every carry and he made a fair few carries. For his debut game, This it was a really big game for him. Um, Ethan Sanders, we we know he can play Jersey Flegg. He was Jersey Flegg Player of the Year last year for our club. Um, maybe give him a month to settle in here and he he needs to be playing reserve grade as soon as possible. Because for him re-entering this arena, for for him to play the way he did, he as someone else uh, said to me, he played as if it was his team. To come into that as a 19-year-old, I know he's played flag last year, but to come in like that, it, it shows his class. He needs to be playing there. Um, other players, like Saxon Pryke, again, played a bit of Jersey flag last year, but he just relished. And I think this this forward pack is... The, the way they play, it's it's smash mouth. Um, it's all star. Um, fuck, that was terrible. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Saxon on and off the ball just rips in hard. Great defensive technique. Really good running. Um, always the second or third carry on the kickoff, and just smashes them into the line. Uh, I like you know when you're winning thirty-two to fourteen, pretty much everyone's. Everyone's having a good game there. I thought Tua uh, Williams, sorry, not Tua, it's Tua. Williams had a pretty good game. Um, unfortunately, got run down from behind at one point. So he's not the quickest. I believe he made an, a, a pretty crucial error. Uh, Jock Brazel just, again, he's at smash mouth. Take no prisoners that we love from Jock. Um, and then Sam and Lance coming off the bench. Um, provided plenty of impact. Lance just, I don't know where he got this quickness from. Because last year he lumbered into the line, laboured into the line, and then this year he's just—it's like he's done some beach sprinting or something. He's just so quick this year. And then, in not as happy a result, Eels twelve to the Raiders forty-four in reserve grain. Uh, without Jake Arthur back there steering the helm at seven, uh, things did not go very well. No, this is the—I do not like the, the way this team plays. Is very similar to the way our first grade play. The the backs don't provide much. Rucking, it's it's all based on the forwards. Um, Ogden, uh, Tony Matelli, and Luca Moretti were tasked with doing a lot of work. Um, 
they just Isaac Lumi Lumi I think dropped about three bombs. Just terrible, a terrible night for him under the high ball. Uh, yeah, not much to say. I thought you know Metzielli. I think I, I understand he's a second. It he, he reminds me a little bit of Murata. I think if he's that fast paced, hit him hard, smash him hard, but he not as quite good defensively. I think I think maybe a move into the middle for him, pick up his work rate a little bit, get him into the middle, get him doing 15 to 20 carries a game, 25 tackles a game. If you can get him into that sort of role, coming off the bench, um, Luke Murray, another good another good game. Uh, John Tay had one good run. Um, other than that, I didn't really notice him. Nick Lenars uh, couldn't really get into a feel of the game. He was subbed on, oh, I'm going to say, for about 10 minutes and just sort of looked a bit lost out there. And then in his second stint, I think he actually played second row. <laughs> he gives out on the edge there. And, um, but, you know, good good to see a young fella get a run. I was, I just wish he could have gotten a longer run and then a continued run into this week. But, as we'll find out, he won't. Um, right, before we get to this week's games, we'll start with a little bit of news. So, uh, on the back of all of that uh, terrible trip down to Canberra, uh, Sean Lane, a hamstring, six to eight weeks. Yeah, when it when it rains, it pours for some people, isn't it? He uh, missed a similar amount of time with that broken jaw coming out of the Newcastle trial. Uh, it was a Newcastle trial, wasn't it? First tackle or thereabouts of the Newcastle trial, yeah. I felt like. And then, yeah, he, he was just starting to get back to finding his feet in first grade, and then, bang, does his hammy. And the worst part about hammies is he's out for two months, but you know there's going to be lingering concerns playing through the rest of the year because hammies are always like that. So, yeah. yeah you've got that... You've got that- Fear, I guess you could yep. say, of stretching Just in, out. The, in the back of your head, just whenever you start to open up, especially when you're that big and that tall. Um, so they're, yeah. they're long hamstrings. Yeah, they are oh, very, hamstrings. very long hammies. A mile long hammies right there. So, yeah, that, that's a big blow to Parramatta. Um, Laney, even if he wasn't at his best in these last few games, is such a huge part of that left edge. Uh, his impact goes well beyond his own uh, raw numbers. So it's going to be a huge task for Dylan to step up and lead that edge without Lane. Uh, and ditto for Bryce Cartwright, who's going to step in and replace Lane uh, in the coming weeks and months. I guess one good thing is that uh, the signing of Andrew Davey now seems to be a masterstroke, uh, given some of the players we lost in the off-season. Um, obviously, ice to the West Tigers. But then back up, Kokuna Murata as well, uh, also leaving, who would have been a handy uh, fill-in at this point. But... Andrew Davey, at least you can pop him on that right edge and you know things won't get too out of place. Um, all right, and then the next bit of news, uh, Monique Donovan uh, joins the Eels NRLW team on a two-year deal. Uh, so she's linking up with her former, former coach, rather, Dean Witters, who she played under in the Rabbitohs Harvey Norman Women's Premiership in 2021. Um, so I understand she's an outside back, is that right? Yes. Uh, yeah, centre, I believe. Centre or wing, I think, yeah. Um, so, nice pick-up for the girls' team, uh, the women's team there. Um, and that squad's starting to round out. That was on the back of, uh, I don't think we got it the last po- uh, podcast, Cassie Tohihiku uh, returning for another year and Mahalia Murphy, uh, Doonside represent there. Um, so, yeah, two, two handy pick-ups. Uh, Cassie played fullback in the recent City Country game. I thought she was pretty strong. So, you know, despite losing... Uh, Batil Vetsy Welsh to the Tigers and Gal Broughton to the Broncos. Cassie, I think she's only young. She's only early 20s, possibly even 20 herself. So um, one to look out for there. Mahalia, uh, centre, probably winger, probably even play second row. Uh, been in the game for, I remember her playing for Australia six years ago. 
So she's been in the game a long time. Rugby league, rugby union, rugby sevens. Uh, played it all. She's a fantastic athlete. And, uh, yeah, Dooney Girl represent. And the other bit of news um, in terms of re-signings for the Parramatta Eels, it comes via the mole, but uh, in his column today he was saying that uh, Wera McGregor is closing in on a three-year extension with the club. So that'd be a, a nice bit of uh, shoring up of our middle forward talent. Yeah, and we didn't touch on it last week, but we've also confirmed the extension of Jermaine Hopgood to the end of the 2025 NRL season, uh, which seems just seemed like a no-brainer. Yeah, it's, it gives you that option of... Uh, but just gives it a further 12 months to hash out a longer a longer deal. Um, then in the rumour mill, I guess, is uh, the potential to Joe Offerhand-Gowie from the West Tigers, but then also there's a couple of players from the Dragons in the fallout from uh, Hook being sacked. Uh, so uh, potential mid-season signings, we'll just have to wait and see. It's just in the that very shady NRL rumour mill. Well, I guess the biggest um, off-field news, I guess, was uh, former... Uh, Eels halfback uh, uh, in in trouble, bit of hot water. Don't even say his name. No, we've got to remember. Now, you know, Kenty, why <laughs> would you? <laughs> the thing we've got to remember, you know, it, it, it's very funny to meme on on him, but we've got to remember at the base of this, like, is there's is a victim, a potential a potential victim in this, and we've seen it. It happens too much in society where we see uh, domestic violence, regardless of. Uh, sexual relationship, you know, male and female, largely male and female, and is it one one woman a week is killed by her partner or something like that? Um, so you know, it, it, while it is it is funny to to meme on him, we've got to, at the heart of it potentially there is a victim, and that's who we need to be throwing our support behind. Nice words there, Ham. Put it better than most. Well, let's jump into the week that will be uh, Jersey Flag, Sunday, twenty-one May, three PM, out at Mascot Oval. Ham, just before we started, you were you were aching to get out there with the inclusion oh. of uh, Matthew Arthur, Nicholas Lanaz, and uh, Tweedle. I, I don't know about aching, but um, <laughs> it is it is a drive out to Mascot for one match at three PM on a Sunday afternoon. But um, what you call it? Uh, Gelato Messina is five minutes down the road, so I might treat myself to a nice ice cream before or after. And uh, we've also got a, a, a debutante winger, Ethan Martin, who's yeah, newcomer. Um, you know, he's got a typical uh, mid two thousands highlight reel on YouTube with the uh, terrible hip hop music. Uh, but yeah, seemed to be a winger, fullback winger from New Zealand rugby. Played for the Dolphins last year. Um, excited to see him go. He's got a you know again on the Terrible, terrible YouTube highlights video. He's got some good footwork and some pace, but um, how many times have we seen that over the years? Do you remember that um, one? I can't remember. He, he played halfback for us for about half a minute, and he came from rugby. Jason Siege. Nah, there was another one. There was another one. Ooh. Played rugby? Come. It's about for... five years ago. Oh, come on, mate. Um, what what level? What? I, I think it was schoolboy rugby, so it wasn't... You mean Blaze? Barnes? Yeah, Blaze, Blaze, Blaze I'm thinking Blaze Barnes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that was that was definitely a time. <laughs> <laughs> he was a player. <laughs> um, all right, New South Wales Cup. So the Rabbitohs not going very well in this competition either, running 10th to the Eels 8th. Uh, but this will be played as the curtain raiser on Friday night at uh, Allianz Stadium. 
Um, so having a look, the Hayes Dunstan's been dropped back to reserve grade on the wing. Jake Arthur returns to seven, um, given that Moses will be available for selection. And then they've got uh, Jock Brazzle. Where does he come in at? The extended... Uh, no, the, yeah, the bench. And Nico, uh, Nico Apelu also on the bench. Um, but they'll be yeah. handy inclusions, but I guess there's still the, yeah, the majority of the team there. Um, yeah, Manny Luke, do you have any I, word on Manny? Manny Luke, yeah, he's, uh, he played in attack, he was playing dummy half. On Defensively, he was out playing halfback. Um, he had his, I'm going to say, right arm bandaged up, which really <laughs> affected his service a fair bit. Um, but to play through, the, I suppose, the injury goes show his toughness. Um, Look, I, I, personally, I think we should be getting him at least on a year deal. You know, uh, end of for the rest of this year, going into next year, even if it's a development or something, because I think we just need to. We've got him here. Just ha- have him on there. Have him go through a preseason and then just see what he comes from there. Because you know, I, I like Nick Lenars, uh, but he seems to be playing more that lock utility rather than hooker utility. Uh, but whereas many. Seems like an out-and-out dummy half. So we, we need to be fostering that talent coming through um, and making sure that, you know, we give him the best possible chance of making first grade there. Um, speaking of, we said a pre-pod, like, you know, why do we have blokes like Chris Tupo, uh, who else, uh, Nico Apelu, why, why do we have them in here? They're, they're, I'm sorry, but they're not making first grade. When Matt Komalafi... To have him in there, have Nico Ratherall in there, have Noah Reed on the bench, something like yeah. these. These these ones are potential. I'm not saying they will make first grade, but they're 21 years old. They're 20 years old. Give them a crack of New South Wales Cup because that's what we need to be working towards. Is rather than having to buy in your uh, your players like Jaira Momosia, we we make the next. I'm, I'm sorry, I, went, I was just about to say we'll make the next Jairam Mamasia, but I won't say that. Um, but in terms of roster spot, Jock Brazel could be where Jairam Mamasia is. Yep. Or, I do not uh, disagree, Ham. There, there, there are too many players in our reserve grade outfit that are just not even career reserve graders. They're, they're you know, RMC or Park Football tier players. And that's what recruitment I, – I always maintain that recruitment needs to be for finding your top-level marquee talent for getting the, the sort of lower-end prospects uh, that you can sort of roll the dice on that we've done so well in in that regard in recent years. Stuff players that Brad Arthur have made into, you know, plus first graders, despite, you know, not being necessarily that good coming to the club. But your development needs to be filling all these other holes. It needs to be giving you all your, you know, solid first graders all thereabouts in other spots. And that's why your, your Regis team needs to be full of those young talent. Uh, players that might not be stars, but they're going to they're give you a chance to be a first grader. And that's what Penrith has. You know, as, as much as everyone lords Penrith for their superstars they've produced, their Regis team is full of just solid young players from their own system that can step up and do a job when asked. And we don't have that right now. Yeah, well, you even have to look at the, the team we're facing um, on the weekend. Looking at their back line, Josiah Carapani is a Jersey Flute player. Leonard Skelton would be 21-22. Dion Teopa is played Jersey Flag this year. Ben Lovett's young. Peter Mamazellis is young. Uh, but then... They've got them backed up with guys that have been there and done it. Jacob Gagai is 28, 29. Richie Cano has been there, done that. Dean Hawkins has been, you know, reserve grade for quite a while. And then Shaq Mitchell, Yelene Gordon has been there and done it all. Whereas our guys, like 
the ones we're bringing in are just pro- project players should be from within your own club. If you're bringing in someone to play reserve grade, they should be like a Dave Gower, perfect reserve grade player. Yeah. Right, we'll jump off that soapbox, but uh, points well made, gentlemen. Um, then let's go to first grade, which we'll see 8 o'clock. The Eagles taking on the first place Rabbitohs, uh, lining up for South, Latrell Mitchell at fullback, Johnston and Milne on the wings, Isaiah Tass and Campbell Graham in the centres, Cody Walker and Lachlan Ilias in the halves. The starting props are Totola and Hame Sele, Damian Cook at hooker, Michael Cheekham, Jacob Host on the second row, and Cam Murray as lock and captain. The bench is Blake Taff, Jai Arrow, Liam Knight, Daniel Saluka, Fafita, and then the extended bench, Ben Lovett, Richie Kenner, Peter Mamazelos, Shaq Mitchell, and Dean Hawkins. Then for the Eels at fullback and captain is Gutherson. On the wing, Sivo and Sean Russell gets a call back to first grade and then also on the wing as opposed to playing at centre. Bailey Simonson and Will Penasini at in the centres. Dill Brown and the return of Mitch Moses in the halves. Widow Mew Gregg and Junior Paulo starting props. Josh Hodgson at nine. Bryce Cartwright, Andrew Davey in the second row. Bryce Cartwright starting for Sean Lane. And Jermaine Hopgood at lock. The bench is off a hickey. Ogden getting his second game of first grade this season. Brendan Hands, Ryan Madison, and Makahesi Makatoa. The extended bench is Jake Arthur, Hayes Dunster, Kai Rodwell, Dejon Arcy, and Luca Moretti with Ashley Klein as the main ref. Uh, Belinda Sharp, Drew Outram, and as touches in Grant Atkins in the uh, review box. Oh my God, that, that's got to be the worst pairing between a, a head referee and the reserve. <laughs> And and the bunker, my goodness. Um, all right, good luck, boys. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it seems against us this weekend. Uh, for the recent uh, games, we've seemed to play uh, South Sydney when it's ever Indigenous round, so Latrell, Cody Walker really step up in this game. Uh, the referees are in decline, and we've got, obviously, Grant Atkins, who we've already praised enough in this podcast for his officiating. So cards are against us, aren't they, which... You know, to me, points to a Parramatta win. Cam's a little bit more optimistic than I am. <laughs> I feel like this uh, points towards a 30 to 50 point blowout uh, in the favour of South Sydney. Um, maybe, maybe things are that crazy that this is the sort of season where we blow all these close games and then finally get the South Sydney hoodoo off our back and that becomes like a catalyzing point for our second half of the season. That would be awesome. Uh, but yeah, just in terms of the raw you know, numbers, the, the matchups here, uh, we haven't beaten South Sydney since the start of 2020. Um, so COVID really did a number on us, hey? That's what, uh, you know, that's the moral here, is that COVID caused the uh, South Sydney matchup to be awful. Uh, but Another thing to hate COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, the South Sydney are in red-hot form. They're playing great football on both sides of the ruck. Uh, really solid forward pack. And South Sydney is so funny too, because you look at their, their team, and while they've got some legit superstars and some really good plus players, this got quite a few guys just pulling their weight. Like, you know, you look at that, that team, uh, you know, Tass is a decent player, but I wouldn't say he's a star, and he's on the way out because of Jack White and Tane Milne. Uh, Totola was their player of the year last year, but he's one of those really solid players, not a star. Uh, same with Hame Sele. Michael Cheekham is starting for them. Jacob Host. Like, all these players, they're, they're not anywhere near stars, but they're just doing a really good job for them, and, and their stars pick up the slack too. Um, and that's the thing that their stars are really good. Latrell, when he's on, is devastating. Alex Johnson is a you know try finishing phenom. Uh, Campbell Graham is an awesome outside back. Walker, Ilias, Cook, uh, and Murray. 
And Murray's the sort of player who's going to cause us all sorts of grief. Yeah, he's, yeah, you're he's, right. a, he's a winner, Cam Murray. That's, we've known it since we watched him SG ball where he beat us single-handedly. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. He's a fantastic player. And just the quickness, I think, from Damian Cook plus Cameron Murray around the ruck. Uh, you know, our ruck defence and especially our market defence has been really poor to start the season. And this is a team that can just exploit any time that you're half an inch off. Uh, so, you know, they really be better, better be on their toes this week. Or, or I'm as optimistic as 40 um, on the end of saying a 30-burger would probably be at the lower end of the scale. Um where do you think we can attack them? Penrith seem to be able to get under their skin and cause them a bit of a uh, head a screwage. Um, do you think if we can sort of get on top at the beginning and uh, maybe elicit Cody Walker into having a brain fade, that's the way to beat them? Possibly. Shit, it's hard. Is it? <laughs> this game is just... Like, yeah, this, it's so, so hard to talk about this game, really. Yeah, it's... Um, like, I, I mean, I look at that forward pack and you think, surely we can do some damage there. But I felt the same thing in other matchups against South Sydney, where you know their, their forward pack on paper hasn't been that good outside of the obvious guys like Cam Murray, and yet we end up getting beaten. Like yeah, their their backs do plenty of damage, but their forward pack wipes the forfeits, and that's when we've had a red hot forward pack. Not years where our forward pack has been, uh, you know, not like this year where their forward pack's been uh, substandard. So I don't know. Like surely you'd think Tatawa, Sale, Cheekham, Host, and Murray up against Greg Barlow, Cartwright, Davy, Hopgood. And then on the interchange, Arrow Knight, Saluka Fafita. Saluka Fafita got dropped, like, not too long ago. So he's not exactly in red-hot form. And we've got Ogden, Madison, and Akatoa. I don't know. Liam Knight's only just come back to Yeah, Knight, Knight's uh, uh, been struggling for fitness too. So they've got – I'd say they've got question marks in the forward pack. And, and the big one out there that probably uh, we haven't spoken about, but I uh, know Burgess is a, a big out for them. He's been a rock for them in the middle. So maybe in the forward pack we can match up with him. I don't know. Because it feels like in the back line, we're not going to be doing much damage outside of Will Penasini. And You know what we need? We need a training dust-up. Yeah, to yeah, they're the ones that ten, 10 to 5 a team up, exactly. We, we need a, we need a bro- or maybe not a broken nose, we need a bloody nose. Maybe a, a, a black eye. Noses. Yep. Yeah. We need, we, that's what we need this week. I don't know if, we'll pro- you know, if we haven't heard of it by now, probably won't have it. Unless, <laughs> uh, Captain John brings something tomorrow. But yeah, I think that's the only thing that's going to be... Um, bringing us out of our shell this week. All right, well, <laughs> we're all uh, ever the optimists here. Uh, <laughs> let's go for you, uh, 40, for your prediction and eventual score. I'll put Bertie down too. He said we were going to win 72 to 2 uh, with <laughs> Ailey Simonson getting a hat trick, uh, 40. So like the, the realist in me acknowledges that Souths are going to win and win by some impressive margin. Uh, but, of course, we're not about realism when it comes to the Parramatta Real, so I'll tip Parramatta to win. Uh 26 to maybe maybe a reversal of the score from last week 26 18 uh eels to win uh first try scorer well mike aceva is probably a good bet him look this isn't the nrl podcast this is the para podcast so of course i'm gonna have to tip a Parramatta win mm-hmm. um Parramatta 25 south sydney 24 i i like mike aceva first try who's going to kick the field goal Comeback game, Glinton Gutherson, the king, gonna gonna retake that crown. Okay, so I'm dipping into your optimism from uh, the preview, and I put us down for Eels twelve, Souths forty eight. <laughs> <laughs> Moses first try scorer for the Eels. Um, yeah, this is this this is a tough game. Um, if they can come out without getting a forty burger put on them, they'll have been doing well. 
One thing well, we haven't done against Souths is start fast in the last couple of years. I'd like to see Except a score. in that finals match when we were up well, <laughs> by a lot at halftime. Well, we, we got dudded in that one a little bit too, but um, I'd like to see us come out and score the first try or two in this game and then see where that takes us. I'd, I'd just like to point out uh, 2009, I believe it was, when um, I started to go into games. If As long as we don't lose by 20 or more, I'll be happy. And we went on a run. So, Hamish, you're taking up the mantle now. <laughs> You're, you're the new Hamish. Um, we're going to go, if we don't lose by more than 20, we're going on a run. I like it. I like your thinking, mate. The ham becomes the Hamish. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or the other way around. I'm not quite sure which one's which. Um, all right. Well, very dour pod. Um, hopefully the boys can turn it around. Um, but uh, it might have to wait till round 13 for that to start. There's always two um, leg. There is always the flag, and um, I, I think we should be optimistic about our chances there with a, a couple more uh, juniors coming up through. Who knows, we might have Mac Arth- uh, Matt Arthur uh, playing up hooker uh, in reserve grade at some point later this oh, year. God, could you imagine the vile coming from fans then? Jeez, don't, don't wish it on the poor kid. Yeah, true. I forgot about that portion of it. <laughs> All right, well, on that happy note, we might leave it there, boys. <laughs> Thanks very much for joining for another Parent Podcast, and we hope to see you on the next one. Cheers. See you later. Ciao, ciao. ciao. Right.